Welcome to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Podcast in Scottsdale, Arizona. We are Christian Disciples in Mission. When we knew that this day might come where we would have to videotape our masses, I reminded parishioners that probably their greatest fulfillment of dream has come true, that they are able to fast forward the homily that really is not that good. So I hope you listen through the whole thing. But I also encourage you to please pray along with the Mass as well, that afterwards that you still continue on, that even though we're not there physically to receive the body and blood of Christ, God's grace is not held captive by the limitation of human seeing. And so just as you pray along with us, the Mass is being prayed all throughout the world. So I hope that you enter into it, not just participating and watching and saying, oh, that's nice, but that your prayers are asked to be part of that. And God's grace breaks through and is able to give you the grace. It isn't just limited in a church building or just in church rituals. Our church teaches that that it also happens in many ways and through many, many opportunities. So I thank you ahead of time for that. There's a phrase that we all have either used ourselves or heard from one another. When someone comes up to us and says, well, I got some good news and bad news for you. Which one do you want first? For me, when I hear that, the first thing is, I'd rather have the bad first because let's deal with that and then we can end it up on a good point. For others, they'd rather hear the good news first and then have to deal with the bad later. And you know, this is what's happening in today's gospel. For Christians and for the entire world, there's some good news and some bad news that happens here. Remember, John is decades after Jesus' resurrection And in his community, they are dealing with issues. John, in the gospel, uses what are called signs. These are things that help promote faith in Jesus Christ. And sometimes those signs inspire faith, and sometimes they call that into question, and it doesn't help Jesus. Today, the friend Lazarus of Jesus is ill. And it not it interesting that Jesus, who's supposed to be a friend of his, is told, Lazarus is ill, quick, come, he needs you. That he doesn't leave right away. In fact, he spends extra days where he's at, and finally he comes. And what is that all about? Jesus is preparing us, and through John's gospel, that in the ancient Mediterranean world, after the fourth day, there really is no hope to resuscitate the body. People could have either fallen asleep or be in a coma and somehow a miracle would happen. But knowing that it was the fourth day, there is no question amongst the people that Lazarus is dead. And that if he comes back to life, somehow it's an act of God. He meets Martha along the way just before entering into the village. And Martha speaks on behalf of every Christian at that time, including us today. Lord, We believe in you. We believe that you've talked about eternal life, but why do we have to die? That doesn't make any sense. You're talking about eternal life, and yet we have to die because we still believe in you? He asked that, or rather she asked that for every person on the face of the earth. If God is so loving, if God is so good, if God wants to give us the fullness of life, 
Why does he allow death? Why didn't he change that? Well, I think what we can gather in Lazarus' death is that Jesus knows that there really isn't an ability to resuscitate a corpse. Because really what they're asking is, just make things normal the way they were. We are familiar with our life. We're familiar with our human bodies. We're familiar with living on earth here. And just restore back so that we can live. But Jesus is not offering that. Isn't it interesting that he himself will also experience death? But death leads to something that's transcendent, eternal life. In John's gospel, whenever Jesus talks about life, for John, that means eternal life. It isn't just restoring the life of our bodies already, but it transcends it, and it's called transformation. What limits us, then, is our lack of belief in Jesus of saying, Jesus, restore back what we're already familiar with. Bring back to life the people that have died physically. And that is so limiting. Take, for example, people who don't believe in resurrection. I hear this quite often in, in talking with different people that life, this is just it. Once you die, there's nothing there. Wow. So that's all, we limit ourselves that there's no eternal life, that Jesus himself or God can't offer a life that transcends death? Doesn't God have power over death? Here's the other thing, is that Jesus has entered fully in humanity. And I love that verse, the shortest verse in the scriptures. Jesus wept. He knows grief. Remember, Jesus lives in the ancient Mediterranean world where Children died at a very early age in large numbers. Death was very common. And we know that Jesus, I'm sure, attended many burials. Death was not foreign to him. And so he weeps along with us. But notice when Jesus is confronted about that, Jesus doesn't say, um, God, Martha, that's a great question. Uh, maybe I need to talk to God the Father about that. Uh, you know, I, I just don't know how to tell you that. Or, uh, ooh, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, why do people die? Why do children die? I, I don't know. Jesus doesn't do that. For some strange reason, he goes, I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? Yeah. It is something that transcends what our bodies are now. In other words, if we're going to have faith and believe in God, we have to dream. We have to trust. We have to look beyond just what's here. So now in our world, in our country, as we're offering our prayers, God, bring back to normal what is, is. Bring back the economy the way it was. That, that's important to us. People are worried. They're they don't know what the future is like. Make that happen again. Make things normal, what we are used to, what we're familiar with, what we can touch and see. And that is so limiting. And that's why Easter would make no sense to us. And that's why this scripture makes no sense to us. Because we're so limited in knowing that death is the end. Why should it happen? It's not wrong to grieve. That shows how much we love. But it's not right that we don't trust that God offers more life. And so, as we're going through this difficult time in our country and in our world, 
Are we so afraid? Are we so afraid that we just want God to restore the corpse that's here right now? Make things normal? Make it just go away? God, we do want healing and all, but what are we learning in this transformation? What's going to be different about us? Because let me tell you, we will get through this. We will, but it's going to be a challenge. There's no doubt about it. One of the things that we're going to begin to reflect on right now, because it's very scary, there's a number of people who are struggling for the common good. They're not affected. They feel invincible. They're immune. It's only going to happen to a certain group of people, and really, the certain group of people they're identified aren't productive. They're not helpful. They really kind of just take. All that experience, all that wisdom. And some people are tempted to treat the elderly and the vulnerable as just cases that you just weigh us down. That is not life. That is not being pro-life. Every life matters. And this is our time to put that into practice as well. To look beyond just resuscitating things that we're familiar with. God, we love the economy the way it was. We love the way we are Americans. We love our individualism. We love our personal freedom. But we just don't like being quarantined. We don't like to be told what to do. We're going crazy in the house, and yet real transformation is happening right now. Again, as we talked about, families are eating together. Families are learning to deal with one another. I love what Scripture says, bear with one another. That's what love entails. That's what love calls us to do as well. But also, there are more people that are showing genuine love and charity. Just remember in the news, bad news sells. It gets your attention. And even we in the church can use bad news to get you to do something because you and I are so overwhelmed with information that we've got to say something dramatic, something big, something to scare you and fear you because you're not paying attention. And even we as a church can be lost in that. But you have to know that there are more good people doing good things. Let's pray for the medical people. That day is coming in other parts of the country, and it's arrived in other parts already, that they are going to lay down their lives for us in some way, sacrificing their family life and their own personal life right now. That's coming. Are we willing to do the same? Or are we just saying, Jesus, if you would have been here and answered our question, none of this would have ever happened. And Martha reminds us when she says, I have come to believe that you are the resurrection and the life, that there's more than just restoring the economy. There's a new way to live, a new being, a transformation of loving God and neighbor in powerful ways. This is what we're being invited to. And if we say no, then how can we know the Savior? Easter means nothing to us. But Easter will. If we look beyond just the immediate and solve the immediate problem, but look at what's going to change in us. What's going to transform? What will be different?
Thank you for listening to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Homily Podcast. We are Christian Disciples in Mission, 